0: Welcome to Restaurant Influencers presented by Entrepreneur. My name is Sean Walchef, founder of Cali BBQ and Cali BBQ Media. In life, in the restaurant business, and in the new creator economy, we learn through lessons and stories. We're so grateful to Toast, our primary technology partner at our barbecue restaurants, and for believing in storytelling, for believing in technology, and for giving us this stage to bring on guests like today. Today, we have Chef Isabella Koss. She has just been named one of 11 of food and wine's best chefs in America. She is a postre chef at Lou Tess in Washington, D.C. Isabella, welcome to the show.
1: Hello. Hello. It's so good to be here.
0: It's Um, so good. So good to have you. Thank you for being here.
1: No, no, it's a pleasure. My pleasure.
0: So we're going to start with our favorite random question, which is where in the world is your favorite stadium, stage or venue?
1: Stadium, stage or vendor. Or venue,
0: I, or venue. Or
1: venue. I think what could it be? What could it be? I really like um, in Mexico there's a big stadium called Estadio Azteca. It's mm-hmm. giant. It's yes. giant. before we have any time. it's our only big stadium in Mexico City. I've only got the pleasure to be there for, like, soccer matches. And the energy that you can feel at a soccer match, it's, I think, uncomparable to anything. Like, you can feel the benches jumping while everybody jumps. So it's those type of, like, cathartic places where, like, the energy just is so contagious that you cannot, you can do nothing but, like, have fun. So Estadio Azteca. (laughs) Beautiful.
0: Gonna be for me. <laughs> All right, Estadio Azteca, we're going to go there. We're going to talk to entrepreneur. We're going to talk to toast um, and we're going to fill it with hospitality. People, people yeah. that love, that love food, that love restaurant business, that love storytelling. And we're going to bring that energy, but we're going to put you in the middle of the soccer field, in the middle of the pitch. If I'm we could fill Estadio Azteca with a chef, that
1: would be like I had never,
0: ever seen before. This. Never seen before.
1: It's it's a dream. Now it's well, a, now it's a mutual
0: dream. Michelle. Now it's a mutual dream. We're going to make it happen. But I, I'm going to give you the mic, and I, you need to welcome everybody and tell 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 the stadium who who are you, what's your story. <laughs>
1: um. Okay, if I was in Estadio Azteca, I would tell everybody that um, I'm in Mexico, so I would I, I it's it would connect I think with people from all America and and especially Mexicans. So I could. First say that I'm from Mexico, I'm originally from Mexico, born and raised. Um, I moved to the States to cook, and to cook at the best restaurants. And I've been lucky and fortunate to find incredible mentors and teams here. And now I'm in Washington, D.C. and I run a pastry program uh, at a small, uh, tiny Neo bistro called Lutez in Washington, D.C. And from going to one capital of a country to another capital, just feels right
0: <laughs> tell tell us about the journey when did you when did you make the decision to come to america
1: i made the decision so i started working in mexico professionally uh, very young very young i knew i wanted to cook from a very young age uh, my parents didn't didn't they were asking they were hoping i would change careers but, <laughs> uh, i think i think chefs and and probably um, people that work in careers that are uh, high demanding, artists, I think, creative people. When you know you have to create, you're just gonna keep doing it, either whatever um, type of, of work feel you end up in, and even if it's compensated or not, you're just happy to do it and express yourself. So from from an early age, I knew I wanted to cook. It's just it was just my where, and I got myself my first job uh, at a restaurant called Pujol in Mexico City. It's one of the most awarded restaurants over there. I knew it was a good restaurant. I didn't know how big of a restaurant it was back then. I was 17 years old. I showed up one day, I I saw the chef outside, and I just started like, hey, you know, can you let me come in? I don't know, you know, it'd be fun. Um, I want to learn. And and he was very kind. He's like, yeah, sure, come. I, I don't know if he was kind or he just didn't care that much. Or, you know, or he was just like, sure, yeah, come tomorrow, you know? or Sometimes it's luck. Sometimes it's a bunch of little things, you know? And, and he was just like, yeah, sure, come tomorrow. So I showed up next day with my knives and ready to work. And nobody knew I was coming because the chef wasn't there. <laughs> so I was like, the he he probably me. didn't expect <laughs> you to come. In the kitchen, if you said the chef told me, you can get away with so much stuff. No, the chef <laughs> That's told the me secret? I should be here. You know? <laughs> That's
0: the secret. There you go.
1: So I, I started cooking. I, I was 17 years old. They hired me when I was 18 and I became the bread baker there. Um and I was always there. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I knew right away I wanted to be in kitchens. Like it was, I was fascinated by the movement, by the pressure. I really like the pressure. I really like the pressure and I like the uh constant uh creative solutions to try to solve any type of problems. You know, I was so proud of how good I was sweeping. I was so proud of how good I could wash a pot now. I was so proud of how good I could do brown butter. Like every every new task became and it was a very, I was very young, so it was very formative years. So so I was like obsessed with the environment. I couldn't leave. I think that's why they hired, because I would just not leave the building. So <laughs> they're like, please start paying this lady, you know? Yes. Uh and and right away in Mexico City kitchens, it's it's rough environments. It's really, it's really, you have um You have some some issues, plus you have a pay gap, plus you have many, many little things that add to where environments can be very, very rough. And I I decided that if I was going to be cooking, I needed to find myself a a good environment and what that would look like. So um, uh, there was a pastry chef called Alex Stupak in New York City, and I moved to New York and I showed up in his place. I saw he was opening a Mexican restaurant and I was like... How did you
0: how did you you see that? Was that online? Was that you followed him?
1: His wife, Lauren, she was a pastry chef. Um, they're both pastry chefs, right? I think it's a great combination. (laughs) Um and I saw they posted something on Facebook, like they were opening MPJM. And I applied, they let me trail and they hired me right away. And I I I I it was my first job.
0: What did you tell what did you tell your family?
1: I just told them like, hey, I want to be in New York.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, went, I wanted to be in New York. I, I, realized, New York, there, I realized there was something happening in, in the industry in New York City uh, back then. I feel I now I realize of how much the industry of like America, it was like, that was like 2011 when I moved. Mm-hmm. So it was a time where pastry chefs were superstars. We had um Michael Escones, we had Johnny Lucini, we had Alex Stupak. Like restaurants had superstars pastry chefs, and I wanted to learn from them. And it yeah. was happened in New York City, it was happened in um yeah, it was happen- like Alberta Adria was was it was this moment. So I thought I thought pastry chefs were actually the ones that were the able to be the most creative. So I knew. I was like, this is the way I need to go.
0: <laughs> Why did you feel that pastry allowed you to have more creativity than any other part of the kitchen?
1: First, I think is uh, in pastry, you find independence in pastry, like in a, in a regular kitchen. I mean, you know, in a setup of a kitchen, you start as a prep cook. you have to go as a line cook, you have to go chef de partie, sous chef like to get into into a moment where you can have control around it. I like to make my own thing. So I, I really was looking into as maybe maybe in an immature way or a premature way. I was always looking to like, how could I be the best person in this kitchen? So I think it was like a different path to be in pastry. Pastry allows you to like be the best at something faster that I had to be like dealing with all these boys in the line, and also I also didn't <laughs> want to be there. Pastry, I really believe everybody likes pastry, and everybody in the kitchen comes to pastry for like a same space. They always come for like, hey, do you have a snack? Do you have ice cream? What yeah. are you doing? Everybody treats the pastry chef right, you know.
0: Does, does the pastry chef typically work mornings? Is that is that how it works, or Depends, does it matter? Yes,
1: the the thing, the difference between like um, a savory line and a pastry line, savory, happy. you can do so much. To prep for savory, but a lot of it has to happen during service. You cook a meat during service. You you know, you can roast your onions, you can have your, your potatoes cooked, but your proteins always have to be done. You can cut everything for a ceviche, have a beautiful aguachile, but to mix it and season it all happens during service. Where in pastry, majority of your prep is gonna happen pre-paste, pre-service. Yep. So so service for pastry is more plating beautiful stuff. Making the perfect canal, making the perfect waves in a plate, uh, plating, saucing, you know, in a beautiful way, stacking a twill on top of a twill, or you know, how many canals yeah. can you can you do? So pastry usually comes a little earlier for those reasons. And if a if a restaurant has a bread program, as tradi- you know, a traditional bread program, definitely you're always gonna have someone that opens uh, from pastry.
0: When did you get the opportunity to leave New York or why? Why were you compelled to leave New York?
1: I was I was uh, I, I, I was working in New York during pandemic. It was pandemic. It was New York and pandemic. It was something else. Yeah. <laughs> it was not the, the dream of the city that I moved to was not there anymore. And I could never imagine myself living somewhere else. But in New York or Mexico City, I was very defensive of New York. And I think I was very defensive of it. As any New Yorker gets after three years, you live a rough life and then you suddenly like, you think it's the best place in the world and you pay the high taxes. So you kind of defend it even more and you live in a shitty apartment. So you even defend <laughs> your choices even more. Cause yep. how are you going to say their math? <laughs> how can you admit it? Um, no, but I think, I think pandemic opened the eyes to be like, Hey, there's, there's other places, you know, uh, you work so hard, to make a living in that city, that suddenly you realize, I I can try to do it somewhere else. Uh, My husband and I, uh, he's also, he's the chef of the test, we work together. And he had already found an opportunity in Washington DC. So he moved before me and he was like, Isabel, I think he was already looking into how we could like, he was thinking Boston or Washington DC. And I said, I'm not going to nothing colder than New York. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, Start hitting south, south <laughs> <laughs> like Austin, California, let's go down, Arizona. Um so Washington DC was kind of that that middle place. We came, we visit our partners now at the restaurant. It's a uh, it's called the Popal family. It's, a, it's an Afghan family of immigrants that mm-hmm. have worked here for 20 years and have worked so hard in DC to build uh to build a couple of restaurants, and they were ready. To grow into something new. They had lutest for 20 years. They had it at called Cafe Bonaparte. And they had the space for 20 years. And they were looking for like new chefs that would take it, that would take it to something further. And we were also looking to, to see how much we could grow. So it was like a perfect tandem of, of you know, a, a family that cared a lot about their space, but needed, they knew they wanted, they wanted more. They always tried to grow, and us always trying to grow. So, uh, my husband first connected with them, really good, and I was holding on to to New York during pandemic. I worked throughout pandemic. I work. Uh, I was working at a restaurant called Cosme as a pastry chef there. Incredible. I, I worked with my friend uh, Daniela Soto. She was like an amazing. She taught me how to be a chef. I love her. Um, but during pandemic, we realized like it was it was a hard environment, you know, New York. I would be in the subway. It was just me by myself and like you know first responders. And, yeah. and after like a year of New York, I was like, you know what? I, what am I doing? <laughs> let's give it a chance to somewhere else. If it doesn't work, it doesn't matter. And we moved to D.C. I, I, I finally, we still had two apartments. And I was like, let's dive in, you know? I immigrated to the States with no papers. What, what's the worst that can happen? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I moved to D.C. Uh, I started working at Lutez right away. And I realized how beautiful and supportive, the community of restaurants was here. Yeah. Chefs were reaching out just to be like, hey, welcome, Chef. I'm so happy you guys are here. Hey, like my friend, uh, Paola Vela, she's an amazing uh, uh, pastry chef and advocate. Uh, Chef Rob Rora, Chef Johnny Sparrow from like Bar Sparrow. They were just like generally reaching out just to like, are you guys doing good? Check on you. It was also a time pandemic. So I think everybody knew that we all needed something. Even we didn't know what it was, we all needed help. So right away, I was like, oh, this is a different type of environment than New York City, the New York City restaurant. (laughs) So I felt very welcome. So I was like, I'm going to try my best.
0: We have a brand new show called Toast Family Style. It is on YouTube. It is a travel show where we go and find the best operators on the Toast platform and share the secrets to their success on location. Uh, Check it out. Our first episode was with Novo Brazil out of Chula Vista, California. They have a brewery location there in consumer packaged goods. They've added additional revenue streams, but we also feature Toast's new app go to the app store right now and download the app it is the toast now app it will give you the power of your restaurant's sales your forecasts, your labor costs allow you to turn on and off third-party delivery it is mind-blowing how cool this app is it's been the most requested thing of toast leadership built it uh, with so many of you that listen to this show so many of the toast customer advisory boards i was there in lots of those meetings, uh, it is one of the coolest things that I have seen rolled out. I can't wait for you, the listener, to download the app, give us your feedback, make your Toast app unboxing video, but check out Toast Family Style and also check out the Toast Now app today. Can you share, you said Chef Daniela, she, she taught you how to be a chef. She taught me how to be
1: a chef. Can I think you, Alex can... Tupac taught me how to be a pastry chef. Daniela taught me how to be a chef.
0: You know, give us a story that Daniela taught you or a lesson that you learned.
1: Mm, I think I mean, it's multiple stories with her. You know, it's, it's a whole uh, model of life that she has in kitchens. She cares so much about making environments in kitchens like. She cares about people having a life and having a restaurant life. She cares a lot about people's health. But not just like, hey, you need to be healthy, more into like, hey, move your body. She had this phrase that I, I really love. And when she told. I was a ballerina in Mexico City for many years. Uh, so she said it and I was like, yeah, you're right. Like, she was a basketball player. So, so I think that's why we were more competitive and we, we, we just get along so well. Um, she told us, like, she grabbed all the cooks and she's like, hey, guys, just remember you are like athletes. Cooks are like athletes and you need to move like an athlete. Think of it like a, a basketball player. You have a square in your line and you and you pound. You know, you're not gonna like go over here, go over there. Yeah. Stay in your song. Draw your draw your square underneath you and move around it. If you're gonna go down, go down. Stretch your arms. And I was like, like a ballerina. <laughs> yes. So you know, move, move your move your whole body with intention uh taking care of your body while you're cooking you know there's no point in like ah. no no cook cook with grace because you're taking care of your body too and food's gonna taste better so i think that's that's one example of many many stories you know of of guidance that in that she taught me
0: so we have we have amazing people that tune in from all over the world that listen to the show restaurant owners chefs um hospitality professionals, storytellers content creators uh we believe that every business is a family business, but very infrequently do husbands and wives both share the same kitchen at work <laughs> and at home. Can you uh can you bring us can you bring us into the, the workspace and home space and how do of, you
1: of a relationship at work? <laughs> Absolutely. <Yeah>. Absolutely. <laughs> so we met Matt and I met while cooking together. We I, I was working at Mpidgeon, I was the pastry sous chef and I want to believe I was the kitchen, I, but but like I think I want to believe I was like I was one of like the best uh, team players in that kitchen. I really I really try in every space I'm at to um, to try to be the the best in the person that can help out. Not in the best of an egocentric way of like I want to be better than you. Mark. like how can I make this team better while I'm here, or how can I do something significant for myself and for for the people around me? So I want to believe that I was. Like the team's, you know, the team's captain and cheered, you know, and and he suddenly arrived. And they hired him as a sous chef and he was very talented. So he became everybody's favorite right away. And I was like, what's happening with these boy?" So I think I was a little jealous.
0: What's and happening? I started like
1: bugging him, you know, I started like, mm, I don't know, like I could hide his apron. I could do little things. And I think... Well, while that was happening, I realized like, oh, no, I don't hate like this guy. I actually like him a lot. <laughs> and, I think, and I think I'm in love with him. So I should I should try to see if this works out. So we started dating while working in all our relationships. We, we are about to be married for eight years. Amazing. Wow, nine years. Yeah, we, we just did eight years. We just did eight years. Restaurant years are
0: different. Yeah, they're all, <laughs> <laughs> you don't need it. We know. I've, I've been in it for 15 um, years. I know.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. yes. Yes. So, uh, yeah, we we, uh, we got married very young. Our relationship just really worked. We had the same hours. We knew the same, we had the same goals. But throughout, like, we worked together at Beyond, and then each one uh, started working in different restaurants. We follow our own paths. And... We, we didn't spend that much time together just because the restaurant industry weren't lost. We would always try to make time for us and have dinners and, and on our days off, try to always have like a day together. Um, but it, it was, it was sometimes it was possible, sometimes it wasn't hard. We both were in manager management positions that require many, many hours. But we kind of knew we were always going to get to cook together again. We knew it. We just knew it. Like our dream was to have a restaurant, open a restaurant, like, uh, it was part of the plan. And I think we both were working to be the best versions of ourselves to when we work together, uh, we could, we could uh, execute like that. And, and Lutece happened to put us together <laughs> and yeah. pandemic happened to, to accelerate the process or I don't know. Um, I really think when you work with someone that you admire a lot, it's very easy to work around. And when you put yourself in service of the other person, um, it's very easy to communicate. We definitely have like um, uh, different, different styles, but we both care so much about our team, about the food we're putting out and about the restaurant growing that we know our end goals are always the same. So we always meet in the middle. It wasn't, honestly, uh, I think at the beginning it was a communication and we, because you have two different type of kitchen schools, you yeah. work a little different, but we kind of create our own together now. That it's a little fine dining, a little casual. Uh, trying to deliver the best quality of, of ingredients uh, and teach cooks the way we wanted to learn. We've been we've been in places that we get yelled at. We've been in places that is too soft. We've been in places so we try to create a method that we always said. It, I treat people like I wish I had been treated. You know, when when I was cooking. So. We just try to lead by example and by 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 training people by being honest with the cooks, of what, you know, and our team of what our goals are. So I really I really like working with my husband. I really I can't complain. I can't complain. I can't complain. I think we both care about the same things and the qualities that I have, he he makes sure they shine, and the qualities that he has, I make sure I make sure they're being seen. So can I think talk- just respect.
0: Can you tell us about specialization when you look at, you know, having to do every job when you guys took over and started working at Lutes and having to be the host and the manager and the cook and doing the social media and doing. You everything. mean my like
1: specialization in becoming a, a, a <laughs> yeah, graphic
0: <that>. designer? <laughs> yes, yeah, graphic designer specialization. Yes.
1: You know what happened when we when we opened Lutes, and I feel that happened with everybody in the restaurant. Uh the the work had changed. Pandemic made everybody look at if they wanted to be in this industry, if they wanted something else, uh, if this industry was right. Like we all took a hard look at ourselves and the jobs we were doing. And in that part, some people wanted to like pursue other careers or take a break or explore other things. I did the same thing. In still in my field, but I still like I started doing some videos for Food Fifty Two. I started doing new things because because we had time <laughs> <laughs> and. When we came back to the restaurant to try to operate it fully, uh, we were having a lot of trouble hiring staff any 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 positions. any position was really hard, from dishwasher to general manager. And both are just as important, and both we couldn't find. <laughs> so we run with a very small team. Uh, and in that little team, we had the the chance, to see what was wrong within ourselves and what was wrong with everything in the restaurant and how we could make it better. So I knew the restaurant needed to communicate better. So I jumped into social media and how could we put into social media and, and put what we needed. I just bought a nice camera and started playing with it. I didn't know how to take photos, but I just, I just started shooting and shooting and shooting and shooting and, shooting, and it did become better. Like I downloaded illustrator. And my brother, he's a designer, so he helped me. He was, like, always calling me, and like, are you good? And I would call him, like, hey, I, I think I messed it up. No, no, just put control F, and you're back yep. at it, you know? Um, so he helped me a lot. So definitely reaching out to friends for guidance into all these new jobs that we had to take over uh, was a way to, to do all the things that a restaurant required. But it was really fun. Yep. <laughs> I really I really enjoyed it. Uh, doing many things. And I feel, uh, you know what what attitude I always try to have? If anything I try to do, I'm going to try. Like if I'm going to be a graphic designer, let me be a really good graphic designer. If I'm going to be the hostess, even if I don't know what I'm doing, I'm going to try to be the best hostess in communication or stuff. Um, And that's also the people that I admire the most. When I meet someone on the team that I'm like, anything you do, you just try to do it good, you know, and and with care. So I think the team that started coming after that Started taking those jobs for me, but they were approaching the same type of mentality of like, "Oh, i want to I'm gonna try to do it the best I can," because Isabel can do that in pastry and run a pass, and you know. So <laughs> it always felt everybody that was coming. I was always like, "Thank you so much for joining the team. Like, you're just making us, you're just helping us so much." But I really, I really, it made me realize how much we can grow when more good team join the team. You know, the recent award I got, I don't think good have been possible without when Savannah, my cook, she joined a year ago. That's when we're like, let's go on pastry. Now, now we can do it. Now we can. do it. Now we can do it. So I think can I think it's a team team effort.
0: <laughs> tell me about when you found out. Tell me about what, what the day when you found out that you got the award.
1: I was sitting right here, too. <laughs> so, <laughs> um uh, they call me they call me uh, no they they emailed me about an interview about gelatin uh they wanted to ask me something about gelatin so i studied the night before everything about gelatin you know setting times setting temperatures like coagulation that i just to like refresh it and i was so ready for the gelatin interview and uh, <laughs> they're like, actually, Isabel, we just wanted to tell you that, you know, uh, before we jump into the interview, we just wanted to tell you that uh, you're being chosen uh, um, best new chef food and wine 2023. And I was like, what? That's insane. I grab a bottle of mezcal, I have my right <laughs> and I was like, you're <laughs> kidding me. I had a shot and I was like, okay.
0: So you had that- a shot on the call?
1: Yes, I got a shot <laughs> on
0: the call.
1: That's my favorite coffee, my so i wouldn't be drinking uh mezcal is my favorite spirit so so i i just i just felt like celebratory right away and then i jumped back like hey so can we talk about gelatin and they're like yeah 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 another time i'm like but gelatin yeah. like, no that wasn't the reason
0: yeah <laughs> and wow it
1: finally hit me i was like oh okay okay this is what's happening and it took me a couple months to believe it but it's real
0: <laughs> how how did your family respond
1: um, I didn't tell my family because my mom really likes her social media, and she would she would tell it right away to the whole world.
0: Oh, because it was you weren't supposed to tell anyone.
1: <laughs> no, I know you're supposed to. I mean, it's not that long that you have to keep it, but like it, while they're planning, they they, announce do all that it, yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah, before they announce it. Um, so I kept it from my mom a little bit, but I uh, actually flew my mom in for the day of the event.
0: No so way. my mom did, did she out, she Know why? Did she know why she was no? Coming?
1: No, 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 she didn't know. She didn't know, she didn't know. Uh, my friend was cooking. Actually, my 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 excuse was uh, my friend Danny was cooking for, uh, was doing this incredible dinner for Salma Hayek Foundation. So I told my no mom, way. hey, can you, can you come to the event and help us out? So she thought she was meeting Salma Hayek.
0: <laughs> did she get did to it. meet Salma Hayek?
1: <laughs> no, no, no. I, had to <laughs> I, but I think she was fine. I think she was she so was proud. Fine. <laughs> she was, she was completely fine. She was so proud. She was so proud. I, I, I. Um, I flew her in from Mexico city to New York. I pick her up and I showed her the magazine and she was just like in tears and so excited. Uh, And she asked, is this like big? I'm like, yes, mom, it's really big. It's
0: a really big deal. (laughs)
1: Um, no, she had, she was partying. She, She went to the after party. She danced all night. She was very proud. I think in this industry, especially family misses a lot of your, of, of what you do, you know? And they're so understanding with it, I feel first it's hard for them, but then they, they become accustomed and then they just become understanding and they support you from, from the back, you know? So, so having her there was important.
0: If you think about the other little girl, that's on a different part of this world or somewhere in the United States that is dreaming about being creative, you know, maybe with food, maybe in the kitchen, what kind of words would you say to them?
1: Mm, I think, I think, I think everybody's creative number one. I think everybody, I think we all have to be creative into everyday life. We just sometimes don't acknowledge ourselves as a creative person because we're afraid of the worst. But I think, I think we should all label ourselves as creative because we all are always looking creative ways by force or by choice to solve problems or to create things. So to all those creative people, I could just tell them, like, if something, something is calling in here and something is visual here and something you just need to see it happen, take it on your hands to go and try to do it. Search for the people that will teach you how to do it and uh, don't stand still. I think creativity happens while you're working. It doesn't happen... It doesn't happen sitting. It doesn't happen while you're sitting. You know, sometimes it comes, but creativity happens when you're already making a cake or whenever you're drawing, something else will come or something else will happen. So, so keep keep at it. You know, there there are spaces for you to be at, and and especially to immigrants, especially to immigrants yes. that don't have a voice and that change their name to get a job in a kitchen. Yes. I think. And out of the backbone of this industry, I really think they need to know that. that there's a space for them. And now we're just opening more doors and more doors that they don't have to hide their name and, and they can put out there and they are. They're the best.
0: I love that you talk about that. I love that you're open about it on your social media. Uh, we'll put links to your Instagram, uh, Chabela costs uh, yes. on Instagram. Can you Talk about social media and about why it's important for a chef, not just to celebrate the cake and the art of the cake, but also who they are, where they come from. Why? Why is that important to you?
1: Um, I think, you know, uh, I I really like social media. I, I, I have fun with it. I've never had like, I've never have felt I need to take a break of it, yeah. you know, I never have had to take, maybe in the future I will, I, I don't know. You know, I'm never, I'm always open to, I never say never, um, but up until now, my experience with social media has been off. It's just a tool to communicate what you're doing. It's so easy to see what someone else, I, I remember when, when Instagram started and people used to put photos of um, coffees. That's the first thing that becomes trendy, coffee. And that was the call uh, perfect cup. And from mm-hmm. coffee, it turned into foodies. I actually remember Instagram became a foodie place at the beginning. Yep. And yep. you could see the meals of restaurants. Back then, I didn't have like any paperwork here in the States, so I couldn't travel. So I started to see like, oh, this is what uh, the chef of Mugari is doing on their third course. Because people would just post with no filters, yep. Yep. no filters. The food, you know, suddenly you could see if actually the food looked pretty or not because yeah. people were posting and posting and posting. So I think social media is a way to communicate with such a such a big audience, and you don't know who's looking at your work, you don't know who uh, it's gonna connect with it. But if you put yourself out there in the most genuine way, I think people people's gonna gonna connect with you. So I think for me, social media, I don't see it as to make money. I see it as a communication communicating way even for the restaurant um so I, we've got uh some people that try to like help us with the instagram and they're always like no you're only reaching out to chefs on your instagram and, and i'm like what's wrong with that no yeah. no you need to make like you know uh profit no no the restaurant makes profit when we're selling you know our food social media is to community <laughs> for communication so i, I think social media is, is very important i think so Social media right now it's, it's very important these days and just that just see what what people's doing around the world i love i'm fascinated by by that
0: i think what you said is very important for anybody that's listening is everyone has an idea of what they think social media should be or it is and ultimately what it matters is your truth what's true in your heart, what you care about. If you care about it from a chef's point of view, then celebrate that. And the more that you celebrate that, the more that you build a community of like minded people that either respect chefs, that love chefs, that have chefs in their family, like the restaurant will be what the restaurant is. But if that's the culture that you are, that communication back to you taking over the social media initially, you wanted to communicate the the voice, the voice of the restaurant, the voice of the brand, your voice, and in order to to do that you have to have the courage to post and i think that yes. is that that's the the thing that we try to teach on this show that's why we have storytellers and amazing chefs on like you is that it's so important for people to know you don't need to ask for permission <laughs> you don't no don't, no we don't no go, we don't need to go make it instagram's already made youtube's already there you just you need, need to, post. to post
1: about yourself post the music that you like when you were a teenager post about you know the flowers you're doing. Post about uh, uh, post about the things that you're passionate about, and I yeah. think I think you know without filters. Like who cares? <laughs>
0: Absolutely. Uh, and when you-
1: everything's kind of created already, so yeah. it doesn't matter to create like not that it doesn't matter to create something new. I like create something of of quality, but. Uh, don't you know sometimes inspirations comes from many places so yeah you don't have to i don't think you have to be that strict for yourself about social media and you can see when someone has fun
0: when you look back on this interview five years from now um you know an entrepreneur and you go i want to know what do you plan on building you and your husband in the next five years what's the what's the big in the dream next five years. in the next five years
1: uh, i think my dreams, my dreams, dreams, my dreams. So there's big, the, I want the, big the, dreams.
0: I want, I, I want, I want the biggest dream possible so that you come back and you look and you go, Oh my gosh, <laughs> I dream too small.
1: Uh, there's the, I mean, let's back to the stadium.
0: <laughs> yeah, back so, to the stadium. No, now we're no, talking. I mean, I that's that's why we start tangible, the show that way.
1: <laughs> there's a tangible dreams that are coming and are happening while we're speaking, you know, that were big dreams ago. We're opening a Mexican restaurant, hopefully. Amazing hopefully in the next month.
0: What's it called? It's called
1: Pascual. Pascual. Pascual is the patron of cooks in Mexico. Amazing. San Pascual. So uh, we're opening in Capitol Hill. So that is a dream. So I really first on that project, it's gonna have a little side window. It's gonna have a panaderia. So I'm gonna be able to sell, like, you know, some like conchas, like cochinitos, rebanadas, all the beautiful pastries, aguas frescas, atoles. Cafe de olla. I just think about it and I'm like, I want it. <laughs> um, so I really want to th- I would like to make that restaurant something beautiful and unique. I think in, in the next five years, I would like that restaurant to become. the. Lute- I mean, how long all these lutes? I think almost four years, three and a half. We, because we opened in pandemic, we don't know our... Yeah, I know. Don't
0: know <laughs> Nobody knows place. what... <laughs> But, yeah.
1: but I think Lutez has become an entity, you know, it's without, within these years, we've tried so much to, we we work to create an identity that I think the restaurant has it, that it kind of speaks for itself. And people that join just know about it. There's like a line. So I would like Pascual also to to create an identity with that restaurant and where people that love Mexican food or Mexicans that live in Washington, D.C. or the DMV area to like found a place to have fun and to and to eat delicious food. I would like that that restaurant to be in some recognitions for sure. That always be that always feels good. I just had one and I realized it feels really good. amazing. <laughs> um, so I'm 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 caring about the project a lot, and I would like to open a wine bar. I would like to have a taqueria, and and B, I would like to open something back in Mexico City.
0: That would be cool. I
1: would like to I would like to. I would like to be going more south.
0: <laughs> Keep going south. The
1: south keeps calling. The south keeps calling. I am I, I, very happy here in D.C., but I think I don't know. I don't know. It's a new it's a new idea. If How is it to spend life between two countries?
0: It's amazing what you guys have built and what you're continuing to build. Uh, we're honored to have you on the show. Uh, the reason we created the show is to connect with amazing people all over the globe, no matter what you're building. Uh, we know that hospitality is in everybody. Um, the food brings us all to the table. It's the thing that connects all of us as humans, you know, no matter where you are, big city, small village, it's all the, the same. The most
1: humble way. I always the say most
0: humble way, the Absolutely.
1: most humble way to connect as humans.
0: And word. it's, it, it's what turns strangers into friends. I mean, that's how, that's what true hospitality is, is how do you turn a stranger into a friend and uh, for us, anybody that's listening to this show, anybody that's watching this show uh, every week, uh, twice a week, once on LinkedIn and once on Clubhouse, we do live shows. So it's a chance for you, the listener, to come up on stage and to share your story. It's important that you know that your voice matters. So please join us either on LinkedIn or on Clubhouse. You can connect with me at Sean P. Walchef on Instagram, and I will send you the link so that you can connect with the community. We have digital hospitality leaders from all over the globe, and we'd love to have you guys Part of that, we also do a social shout out Um, today's social shout out is going to Maria Escobar. She works at Cali Barbecue. Um, she's been part of our familia, part of our barbecue family since we opened the restaurant. Um, she's going through a tough time. She lost her grandson this week, um, but she's an amazing woman. She literally does everything, and she's uh, always does it with a smile on her face. We love you, Maria. Thank you for everything that you do. There's so many people in the hospitality space that don't get a chance to be shouted out. Um, but I wanted to give you, Isabella, a chance to... To give somebody an opportunity, somebody on your team. Um, I know it's hard to pick one person, but you get to pick one person that typically doesn't get the the recognition.
1: The um, I think I would give it to um, our new chef de cuisine, Corey. Corey. Uh, he's super talented. He cares so much. He's been with us for like a little time and he's been going through a rough month uh, in his family and his personal life. And every day he shows up with the same with the same desire to be the best for the team. And it's honestly admirable how how hard he's working on it. So, so I'm giving a shout out to Corey. Today.
0: That's awesome. Thank you. And then real quickly, we're gonna ask you, we believe in smartphone storytelling. Um, that means that people that listen to this show, we know that you don't need to ask for permission to post content on the internet. I just wanna learn a little bit about, do you have an iPhone or an Android? I have an iPhone. You have what version?
1: Mm, 13?
0: Thirteen. Thirteen. Um, do you prefer text or emails? Texts. Do you prefer texts text or phone calls?
1: Oh, text.
0: Text. Do you text have or
1: FaceTime calls? Like or FaceTime I mean, not Facetimes. Okay. The best way to catch. Hey, what's up? Blah, blah, blah. Bye. <laughs> Perfect
0: five minute Facetime. Um, where do you listen to music? Spotify or Apple Music? 45. Spotify. Spotify. Do you listen to books or do you read books?
1: I read books.
0: What's your favorite book that you would recommend someone else read?
1: Mm, my favorite book. Right now, I'm, I'm uh, reading Unreasonable Hospitality. Yeah. Um, incredible book. I'm having, I'm like on my third time reading it. And I think now that I'm a, a, a manager, I'm, I keep finding. Uh, support and inspiration on it. So I I think, I think everybody should, everybody that is trying to grow into a manager position or actually no, even if you're not trying to, like in any position you are in this industry, I think it's a good book to, to visit.
0: What is your favorite social media app? Instagram, Instagram.
1: millennial. (laughs) (laughs) Do
0: you you prefer photos or videos? Photos. Photos. Uh, What is your least favorite app? Twitter. Twitter. How many emails do you get a day?
1: Oh, a couple. How many do I read? <laughs> One. <laughs> <laughs> and,
0: um, for for those when they come to visit you in in Washington D.C., what what do they need to order? What's the go to?
1: I think you have to order our pompeisan with golden Ocetra caviar. It's cooked in dog fat. Potatoes cooked in dog fat with with caviar. It's just it's just luxury. Um, and we actually like it's a great, it's a great dish. Our napa cabbage, roasted napa cabbage with like a tahini dressing is so good. And I think uh honeycomb semifredo for dessert. Okay. It's uh, it's kind of like a play on a cheese plate. It's a frozen, frozen um, honey from Virginia, delicious honey, uh semifredo, shaved 18 month Comte cheese.
0: Sounds amazing. Really good <laughs> sounds so amazing well thank you chef isabella Coss. you can find her at chabela Coss on instagram we're going to put links um to the restaurants um to her so you can connect with her we are grateful for your time congratulations on the award i'm sure there's many more awards for you and the team uh we really thank you appreciate so much. We really appreciate it and thank it's you for guys- the
1: team
0: that is Thank you guys for listening. We're, we're grateful. As always, stay curious, get involved. Don't be afraid to ask for help. And we will uh, see you all next week. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Bye-bye.
0: Just a reminder, you, the listener, you, the viewer, are the most important person that consumes this content. The only way for us to grow this show is for you to share it with a fellow friend in the restaurant business. Help us grow the show by subscribing and always reach out to me. I want to hear your story. I want to learn more about your restaurant, whether you're on toast, whether you're looking to get on toast. Uh, We appreciate you supporting this show, and we can't wait to see the content that you're creating and to learn about the impact that you are making in your communities stay curious get involved and don't be afraid to ask for help